0: The greatest story ever told is a true story. It is a story of adventures, battles, kings and queens, heroes and villains, good and evil, history and prophecy. It is your story. Come join the adventure of the Bible story. Chapter 157 A Fiery Trial After faithfully obeying God and refusing to bow down to the massive golden idol, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego found their lives in peril. They had defied King Nebuchadnezzar, the most powerful king on earth, but they had obeyed the king of the universe, the almighty God. Their enemies were quick to jump on the chance to bring about their downfall. Once Nebuchadnezzar was informed of the Jews' disobedience, he ordered their arrest. Babylonian guards burst into the room where the three were gathered and seized them. The three young men were brusquely brought before the king. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were hauled into the throne room by members of the royal guard. As they approached the king, they saw the advisor who ordered their arrest grinning fiendishly, which prompted an unsettled feeling in their stomachs. Nebuchadnezzar looked sternly
1: at the three Jewish lads. Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? That you refuse to worship the golden statue as I have commanded to be done?" The king demanded. I have shown you much favor in my kingdom and have given you lofty positions, yet you won't even worship my gods? Nebuchadnezzar looked at them sternly. Then his countenance softened for a moment. But I am a just and merciful king. He continued. Therefore, I will give you one more chance. When you hear the musical ensemble play again, you will fall to your knees and worship the golden statue. His eyes narrowed once again. If you will not, my men will throw you into a burning fiery furnace that same hour as punishment for defying me. Do you think the god you worship can deliver you from my hand? The king
0: looked upon the three Jewish men, certain they would submit. They were valuable and gifted administrators in his government, but he would not tolerate rebellion. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wasted no time in responding to the king. King Nebuchadnezzar, we have already decided. One of the men began. If it be his will, the god we obey and worship will save us from death in the fiery furnace and from further punishment by you. But if he decides not to intervene, we would sooner die in the flames of your furnace than
2: bow down to your false gods and the golden statue.
0: The entire throne room was deathly silent. The nobles and wise men stared in disbelief. These three Jews had dared to disobey and insult the most powerful man in the world they hadn't even hesitated or thought twice about their decision. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not walk by sight, but by faith. They faced their life and death trial with perfect confidence in God. Many years later, Jesus Christ said that God's people would be brought before kings and world leaders and would have no worry about what to say. He said that God would give them the words to say through his Holy Spirit. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like so many of God's people through the ages, were a spectacular witness before a king and a noble example to unbelievers. For a moment, Nebuchadnezzar sat stunned. No one had ever dared speak to him in such a way. His astonishment quickly turned
1: into rage. Bind these men hand and foot immediately! The king roared in fury. They will die this very hour. They have rejected my benevolence and rebelled against me, so cast them into the furnace. Stoke the fires hotter, seven times hotter than necessary. These Jews will pay for their insolence."
0: Nebuchadnezzar was so overcome with wrath that he had the furnace temperature exceed its designed limit. "'Who will save you now?' the king shouted, spittle flying in his rage. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego exchanged glances. Would God protect them? It appeared he was going to allow them to experience the full heat of this fiery trial. The king's mighty men shoved the three to the ground and bound them. The Jews knew they faced imminent death without God's intervention, but they did not struggle. The furnace was probably nearby on the Babylonian plain. A smoke and heat rolled out of the furnace. The captives' hearts pounded faster. The heat emanating from the glowing furnace doors was oppressive. Throw them into the furnace, the king demanded. The Babylonian guards dragged the captives toward the opening. They paused before they were close enough to throw the men into the inferno. Flames were licking the entrance, nearly touching Nebuchadnezzar's men. Sweat rolled into the gods' eyes, and their faces burned from the scorching heat, but they set themselves to carry out the king's orders. The guards lifted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego off the ground and inched closer to the sea of flames. They swung the Jews backward and prepared to toss them in. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego closed their eyes and their bodies tensed as they prepared for destruction. The soldiers threw the Jews into the devouring heat. The three disappeared into the smoke and blinding light. Immediately, white-hot flames shot out, striking the mighty Babylonian gods, killing them instantly. A stunning sight. King Nebuchadnezzar was displeased by the loss of his mighty gods. But at least the rebellious Jews had been extinguished. The Babylonian court of governors, princes, and counselors had watched flames engulf the three men. The advisor who had orchestrated the downfall of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego grinned as he imagined a promotion in his future future. Suddenly, the king stood up, his face showing utter disbelief. He squinted and strained to see into the furnace.
1: Weren't only three men thrown into the fire, their hands and feet bound?
0: The king asked. That is correct, King Nebuchadnezzar. His counselors answered, puzzled by the king's confusion. The king
1: continued to stare into the flames. But I see four men walking among the flames, and not one of them is injured from the heat, he said in astonishment. And the fourth man looks like the Son of God. A collective murmuring
0: overtook the court. It was impossible that the three Jews could have survived when the bodies of the Babylonian gods still lay at the mouth of the furnace. Most stood in confusion, some in disbelief. Others thought the king had lost his mind. Nebuchadnezzar walked carefully toward the mouth of the fiery furnace. Shielding his face from the intense heat with his hands,
1: he called out, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out of the flames to me.
0: In one of the most amazing moments in history, The entire court of Nebuchadnezzar, probably several hundred people, saw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego climb out of the flames and walk back to the place where, a few moments ago, they had been bound and helpless. The Governors Princes, counselors, magicians, soldiers, and slaves were shocked into silence. Not one hair on the Jews' heads was singed. Their clothes were completely unaffected. They did not even smell of smoke. The three Jews were silent, thankful, and humbled to still be alive. They were also elated by the stunning miracle that had just happened. King Nebuchadnezzar broke the silence.
1: Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he proclaimed. Blessed be the God who sent his angel and used his power to save these servants who trusted in their God for deliverance. Their example has changed my own mind on this matter. They offered their bodies to be burned, so they would not worship any of my gods, but only their own true God. The king surveyed the room and locked eyes with those
0: who had desired the death of the three faithful Jews.
1: I, King Nebuchadnezzar, make a decree. The king spoke loudly. Scribes in the court frantically began recording his words. Any people, nation or any spoken language that utters a word against the god of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego shall be cut into small pieces and completely destroyed. Their houses and cities will be made a dust heap. There is no other God that can save or deliver as we have witnessed here today. After this pronouncement,
0: many in the court shrunk away from the king's presence. The enemies of the Jews remained silent or left the room. God had dramatically confounded their evil plans and exalted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. King Nebuchadnezzar promoted them to be among the top administrators in Babylon. God used these three men to be a witness to the most powerful king in the world. They had complete faith in God, knowing he would either deliver them through a miracle or they would be resurrected as spirit beings. Christ personally intervened in this instance and walked with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar had special exposure to God's loyal servants in Babylon, and he witnessed some of the most dramatic miracles in the Old Testament. The 70-year Jewish captivity in Babylon was a key part in God's plan, and he was personally involved in this Gentile king's life perhaps more than any other Gentile ruler in the Bible. God was teaching this rich, powerful, arrogant king where the real authority in the world lay. Sadly, however, even after witnessing this astounding deliverance from the fiery furnace, King Nebuchadnezzar reverted to his arrogance and proved unwilling to humble himself and submit to God's will. Soon after this experience with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, King Nebuchadnezzar began to forget the mighty wonders God had performed during his reign and all the miracles he had witnessed. As his vanity returned... God again sought to humble him. Daniel 4 is a special chapter in the Bible. It was actually written by King Nebuchadnezzar. Perhaps you didn't know that a Gentile tyrant actually wrote a part of the Bible. God inspired this chapter to record how the most powerful man in the world finally learned that God rules in the kingdom of men. One night as Nebuchadnezzar rested in his palace in Babylon, enjoying the luxuries and pleasures afforded by his reign, he had another troubling dream. He woke up confused and full of anxiety. He was not sure what the dream meant, but it seemed to bode ill for his future. Immediately, the king called his wise men, magicians, soothsayers, and astrologers to interpret the dream. They were all unable to make any sense of it. After all the miracles in his life, Nebuchadnezzar still relied on pagan religious leaders instead of on God's servants. Finally, he called Daniel to interpret the dream, just as he had done many years before. Belteshazzar the king said,
1: addressing Daniel by his
0: Babylonian
1: name. I know that you have a special spirit to know the will of the gods and understand what others cannot. Please tell me the meaning of my dream as you have done before and what it pretends for my future.
0: After Daniel agreed to do so, Nebuchadnezzar collected his thoughts, his face filled with anxiety.
1: This is the dream I had when I was sleeping in my bedchamber, he said. I saw a massive tree seeming to encompass the entire earth. It towered upward, taller than anything in this world. The longer I watched the tree, the stronger it became, to the point where it dominated all of creation. It was a beautiful tree with abundant fruit and healthy leaves. All of the animals found shade and shelter under it. The birds made homes in its branches. The entire world was nourished by this mighty tree. The king seemed pleased, recalling
0: this portion of the dream. Then his face became troubled once more.
1: Suddenly, an impressive angel came down from heaven and came against the tree. He continued. The angel declared that the tree be cut down, its branches ripped off, and its fruits and leaves scattered. The angel then said it would leave the stump and imprison it with fetters of iron and brass. Finally, the angel uttered these chilling words. Let his mind be changed to that of an animal and let seven years pass by until he knows that God rules in the kingdom of men and puts into power whomever he pleases.
0: Nebuchadnezzar fell silent after he finished retelling his dream. Daniel could tell it greatly bothered him.
1: Belteshazzar, I have told you my dream, now please tell me what it means, the king commanded. All of the wise men of Babylon couldn't, but I know the spirit of the gods will help you to know the meaning. Daniel told the king he would seek the
0: answer from the true God of heaven. He departed from the king's presence and prayed, asking God to reveal the meaning. One hour passed. By the time Daniel returned to Nebuchadnezzar with word from God, he was greatly troubled by the interpretation of the dream.
1: Don't let the dream trouble you, Nebuchadnezzar told Daniel. Whatever it means,
2: you must tell me what your God says. My king, I hope the dream is meant for your enemies, Daniel began. The great and mighty tree that you saw, the tree that nourished the earth, is you, O king. You have become strong and powerful, ruler of the world's greatest empire. Then you saw an angel come down and proclaim what would happen to the tree with only the stump left. Here is the interpretation, King Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel paused.
0: Nebuchadnezzar, with a grave look on his face, nodded his head, prompting the prophet to continue.
2: This is the message that comes from the Most High God. Just as the tree was cut down and shackled to the ground, so shall you lose your human mind and act as an animal. They will chase you from living among humans, and you will eat grass like a cow and become wet with the morning dew. You will be like this for seven years until you finally submit to God as the one who rules over you. My king, please accept my advice. Daniel pleaded. Stop breaking God's law as you have been taught and show mercy and compassion to those whom you rule. God will show mercy on you if you do these things and extend your peace of mind.
0: The interpretation stunned Nebuchadnezzar. He was world ruler. He had no enemies to fear. Wasn't he the one responsible for all of his riches and power? Yet God demanded he humble himself. He motioned for Daniel to leave. King Nebuchadnezzar may have been repentant at first, as so many people are after being corrected. Many fear the consequences of sin and turn to God, temporarily, but soon they drift back toward their former way of life. Nebuchadnezzar had been given some understanding of God's law by Daniel, and God held him responsible for what he knew. The king had seen many dramatic miracles that should have proved to him that the God of Israel is the only true God. However, Nebuchadnezzar failed to learn these lessons. A year later, the king was walking in his large, glorious palace in Babylon. As he admired the splendor around
1: him, he said to himself, Look at how great Babylon has become. Hasn't this mighty palace and this great empire been built by my own hands and to honor my majesty?" Even as
0: the words left Nebuchadnezzar's lips, a voice from heaven thundered to him. King Nebuchadnezzar, you have ignored the warning. The kingdom is departed from you. You will be driven from men. Man will eat grass in the fields and wake up in the morning wet from the dew. You will live like an animal for seven years until you realize that God rules over man and puts into power whomever he desires. Within that very hour, Nebuchadnezzar's sanity left him his stunned servants could scarcely believe what they saw. Their majestic ruler grunting like a beast, dropping to all fours and behaving erratically and unpredictably, they did not know what to do. Once he began destroying some of the valuable furnishings, they felt they had no choice but to chase him out of the palace. The once mighty Nebuchadnezzar was exiled to the Babylonian wilderness. To be continued in our next episode and continue the adventure by reading the Bible story. Find it under the Resources tab at pcg.church.